The Tigers have an off day on uh, Monday, so we are going to discuss what the Tigers' plan is, I guess. Plan is probably the best word. What we're going to do this offseason, we have a lot of question marks surrounding this team now headed forward, and I think it's important to go over all the options, all the things that we still need to get done, etc. And at the end of the show, we will take a look at Jackson Job and Jace Young and how they're doing in West Michigan now that uh, they're both up there. Today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Tuesday, August 30th, 2022. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. That is including YouTube. Um, Okay, so the Tigers had an off day on Monday. A lot of off days lately. And on today's show, we're going to be a little more conceptual. You know, we've got a lot of every single day we talk about the game that happened. A lot of of cold, hard facts hitting you in the face, right? This one we're going to do be a bit a little more uh, conceptual about it. I just want when the offseason comes around, we're going to be having a lot of discussions, right? About uh, conversations about players and whether they're staying or leaving conversations about coaches and whether they're staying or leaving. And I think it's important with about a month left, a little over a month left until we get to the offseason. Um, I have a stuffy nose today. I don't know why this summer I feel like I've gotten sick like three times. I don't know what's happening. Um, so I, I, I just think with with a, about a month left in the season, a little bit more, that it's important to get ahead of it and talk about what we have to look forward to this offseason, what we're bracing ourselves for, right? Have that conversation before we get there, just so that we know what is going to be in front of us, because it's going to be a lot. Um, there is Lynn Henning made a comment a couple of weeks ago. I know everybody has an opinion on Lynn, but at the end of the day, he has more sources than maybe anybody in the industry uh, as far as in the city of Detroit and and with the Tigers organization. So even if you, you don't think that his uh, subjective or opinion takes are valid, we kind of have to listen to him when he when he says he hears something from inside the organization. And and he said his belief is that this team is getting flipped. Like, not, okay, I could have worded that so much better. The team is not getting sold um, and is not even being considered to being sold until Chris Illich's mother passes away. That's probably the the timeline of like the soonest that you're going to hear conversations of like oh could selling actually be possible um so that that's not what i meant by flipping the team i meant flipping everything within the team (laughs) everything else besides the team itself you're going to see a lot of hirings and firings inside this front office you're going to see a lot of hirings and firings inside this coaching staff i think you are going to see a lot a lot a lot and I think that 
it's important to start this conversation now. So when we look at who is gone and who is staying, I think it's pretty safe to say I don't think there's any way you can justify Scott Coolball being here next year. And I don't have a laundry list of like, oh, who are the best hitting coaches that are going to be available this offseason? That'll be a conversation we have when when the offseason is upon us and we're in the market for one and we start you know narrowing down choices. But I think that's a pretty easy one to circle. Um, as far as other coaches in the clubhouse, Fetter is obviously – just as high of a priority, honestly, if not higher of a priority than anyone else in that dugout. Hinch, I don't think, is going anywhere uh, for pretty much the same reasons as Fetter. Um, and then the rest gets kind of wishy-washy. I, I, I think you, like I said, cool ball is gone. Hitting coach, you're going to get a new one. Um, I, I know a lot of people wanted that to happen mid-season, but it, it's it's going to happen. So base coaches, eh. I mean, like, is that really a conversation we need to have? I, if they think they need a new one, sure. And for as much frustration as some people have with Ramon Santiago's aggressiveness as a third base coach, two things to keep in mind. A, and most importantly, everyone in that clubhouse loves Ramon Santiago. He is a big part of the coaching staff. He is one of the only coaches from the previous regime that A.J. Hinch wanted to make sure stuck around. He is very much important and, and beloved in that clubhouse. Very, very uh, I, I don't want to throw around the word vital because he might be gone and, and we might be better, you know, in, in the years. At the end of the day, he's still a third base coach, but he is very well respected and very highly regarded in that clubhouse. And B, this offense is historically bad. And what do you do when you have a historically bad offense that can never get hits with runners in scoring position? You get super aggressive on the base paths because you know you're not scoring via hit. So I, I know there's some that are unjustifiable, but there are some, and, and I tweet them out when I see them usually, there are some where I'm like, look, I, I don't blame them. <laughs> we got, we got like with all due respect, we got Tucker Barnhart up next with two outs. Yeah, send them. We probably have a better chance of scoring. I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I don't. The the in the dugout coaching staff is is interesting. It's a, interesting is a dumb word. It's a fascinating conversation. It's intriguing. So you're gonna see a lot of turnover there. You're obviously gonna see a new GM. And when we start talking about GM candidates and whatnot, like I said, uh, we're gonna get into once the offseason comes around, we'll have a list of all the front office personnel that are throwing their hat into that ring and all the GMs that are getting fired and those, you know what I mean? We'll We'll do deep breakdowns on on a, on a rolling list once we have a better understanding of, of who's going to be on the market. But for the time being, like everybody wants to have the Theo conversation. And, and like, look, it's not going to happen. Like, let's just rip that Band-Aid off. Theo Epstein is not going to be the next general manager of the Detroit Tigers. He – that – and I understand, <laughs> like, oh, he, he has – he has nothing to prove. Like he, he has nothing to prove. He, he's ended the two biggest. He's been the general manager for the two biggest curses, maybe in sports. He he was in charge of ending both of them. Like he, he has nothing left to prove. Um, and he's got a comfy MLB job now where he's making a ton of money. He's, he's not 
he's not going to be the general manager of the Tigers. It's not going to happen. So we get that out of the way. Then just from a, a quick glance, there's going to be a lot of people that a lot of that aren't household names. A lot. Most GMs are not household names until they are GMs. That's kind of like how front offices work. Nobody knows who the like second assistant of the Colorado Rockies general manager is. You know what I mean? Like that's not a, but once everybody throws their hat into the ring and applies and everything, then you get hired. I'm explaining a hiring process to you. I'm sorry, but it, it, it's just, they're, they're not going to be a lot of household names. There, there's a couple of guys. I know anybody that comes from the Rays, one of their assistants is uh, considering like, wanting to be a GM somewhere. Anybody that comes from the race, everybody's going to be a big fan of. Anybody that comes from the Dodgers, everybody's going to be a big fan of. And I know that that's, we get to the Will Rimes conversation. Will Rimes' current position in scouting is not often a direct jump to general manager. It's not. You, you see maybe like head of pro scouting sometimes will then lead to being GM or, or or, or whatnot, not too often do you see people in Will Rimes's position get to immediately go from that to GM. Now we've seen, uh, I mean, we've seen any, a plethora of positions that end up being GM. It's not a, there's no right way to do it, but not a super common path. So I want to just ease the brakes a little bit on everybody, maybe getting their hopes up for that. But there's there's actually a great article by Cody Stavenhagen who he wrote it about I want to say almost a month ago now. Whenever the firing happened, he um, made he, he wrote an article that highlighted some early candidates, and that's a great thing. I don't, I don't want to just come on here and read his article because then you wouldn't be uh, persuaded maybe to uh, to buy the Athletic and support him. But there, there's some names on that list. Like I said, there, there's some dudes from the Rays front office. There, there's a really highly regarded assistant from the Diamondbacks front office that is getting some attention. There's some guys on there, but I think that this is just the scope of a scope. That doesn't even make sense. This is just like really zoomed in. This is a, a, what is the word, the phrase I'm trying to think of? Not scope. Jonathan. (laughs) That's not, that's not the phrase I was going for, but I, I think that this is a, a micro of a macro thing that's going to happen this offseason. Everybody has their attention on the GM. Everybody has their attention on the hitting coach. You are going to see a ton, a ton of moves. You're going to see at the front office level. You're going to see in the dugout. And you are going to see a ton at the player level. And that's what I want to get into next. But first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at LinkedIn Talent Solutions. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. Spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. 
This is why small business rates LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Well, now you do. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Segment two here of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Um, so I wanted to get into some of the other turnover we're going to have because there's going to be a lot, right? It's going to be a lot. And it's going to come heavy and quick. Like there's, it, it, for real, it's it's going to, it's really going to hit us like a truck. I don't think really people under and there's a chance that the uh, the new gm comes in and, and he looks around and he goes no we're gonna make another run with what we got i guess which is gonna be tough to sell i think the fan base but th- th- there's a small chance of that but i really think no matter if the general manager comes in and wants to keep building and likes what we have in place currently and wants to push forward with the core that we have and see if he can keep building upon it or tear it down again and enter rebuild 2.0. Either way, you're going to see a lot of turnover. And it starts with, and like this is an interesting conversation for dudes to keep an eye on for the last month of the season. First and foremost, I think one of the most fascinating conversations is Jamer Candelario because he could easily come back, right? Jamer Candelario could easily come back next season. He he wouldn't cost very much money, right? But he's been terrible at the plate. Terrible. And so when you start getting into the ins and outs of what your long-term plan is at third base, That's really the the discussion. What is your long-term plan at third base? And does, because Jamer, you could, he's arbitration eligible, right? Like you could just get him back for another season and just, okay, yeah, arbitration. We'll just take him into ARB. We'll, we'll renew him, whatever. And you'd be on your way. But we have one full year mostly full year of Jamer being really solid offensively uh, dang near leading the league in doubles. Then we have like what 90% of a 60 game season that he was really good in. And before that, we don't have a whole lot. Like least we forget Jamer was not very good. His first like two, three years on the team. And now we're at a point where he's regressed back to what he was before last season. And it's scary. He, he's not an elite defender. He, he's not a, a huge plus defender really at all. It's, it's more of a uh, net zero at best defense is what you're going to get out of Jamer at third base. And I mean, this year offensively, he's certainly just not worth it. Like that's just not even a debate. If, if you could guarantee that this would be his offensive production going forward, Conversation's over, but obviously nobody has a crystal ball. I think that's one of the more, and again, once we get into 
the off season, we will do like full breakdowns and really have conversations about each of these dudes on a, on a, on a deeper level uh, and, and more thorough level. That's the word I'm trying to think of. But for now it's, it's, it's Jamer. I know people want to throw Javi in there. You're not going to be able to, there's no, what are you going to do? No one's going to trade for him. The opt out, he's not going to take if he keeps performing like this. This is that's what you got. Now you can move him to second, and then you have a hole at shortstop again a year after you signed a shortstop for whatever four six years. But that's fine if you think that's what's best. I got you know he's throwing air central like that's not really a bad take. But um, you're right back with, with a hole there at short. Um, Jonathan Scope is certainly not in the long term plans. He never really was, even when he was hitting. Nonetheless, this year when he's not hitting, uh, he might win a gold glove this year, but he, he's not. Once his contract is over, Jonathan Scope is gone. So you have a long-term hole at second base. First base, still presumably torque. And he's slowly but surely starting to maybe look a little better down in the minors finally. Still a long way to go. I'm not saying he's going to get called up next week, but you're you're starting to see some semblance of progress down in the minors. My nose is running like crazy right now. I'm so sorry. I'm also like powers getting knocked out, trees are falling down. It's in the middle of a like monsoon happening. So everybody, I hope you're hope everybody's staying safe in the Metro Detroit area. Um, but I, I, it's presumably torque, right? That's that's the assumption, and. I don't think anyone would come in and change that because there's just, he's so young still and has not, you know, you need that level of production from torque that he gave this year for like multiple seasons before you're like, okay, this dude is just not what he was, not what we thought he was going to be. And that's the end of the story. So there's still a, a, a lot of, of the infield is so up for grabs third, second slash short one of the two. And first, long-term, you hope you have figured out. Short-term, you might not. You might think he needs another year in the minors, which hard to really argue with that after this season. But he'll definitely be in the majors at some point next year. It's just a matter of whether that's off-rip on opening day or, you know, kind of a late-season call-up thing. Catcher, uh, Dylan Dingler is plummeting in prospect rankings. But you have the emergence of uh, guys like Josh Crouch, and, and and Jake Rogers is, is presumably coming back. That's the thing we didn't talk about when it happened because we had so many games to co- cover. Um, Jake Rogers was supposed to be back at the end of this season. Tommy John, right? Just not probably not going to play baseball this season at any level. Probably just done for the year. Uh, super disheartening news and disappointing news. But we were all kind of looking around. It, it, the, the calendar turned to October. And the Tigers community, the fan community was like, uh, why has no one heard anything about Jake Rogers? Wasn't this like about when he was supposed to be ready to be back? Because position player Tommy John usually doesn't take nearly as long as uh, pitcher Tommy John. But it did in this case, I guess. So that's a question mark going forward. He's going to be in his late 20s, uh, has kind of like three quarters of a season of okay offense. Um, and, and yeah, it's so like, that's a, that's a question mark for a long-term piece. Dingler, we already talked about, um, I don't know. Like it, there's a, there's just a lot of question marks in the infield. Uh, and then the outfield is, is, uh, 
we'll we'll, we'll get to the outfield here. We'll, we'll we'll get to the outfield right after this. All right. Welcome back. If my nose can stop running, goodness gracious, to the third segment of uh, Locked On Tigers. That's the show we're doing. I just did Red Wings right before, so I'm still like in the zone of talking hockey. Uh, fun, fun season the Red Wings are about to have, by the way. Buckle up. It's going to be a fun ride. So the outfield, and then we'll get into Job and, and, and Jace Young, but um, – the outfield is a train wreck. This, I mean, honestly, everything is, is uh, train wrecks probably like too dramatic, but we have so many like 4A players in this outfield. And there's a, like 4A players don't always turn into starting caliber major league players. It's far from a guarantee. We have dudes like Daz Cameron, right? Daz Cameron's been given quite a lot of opportunities. He's had, stretches where he's gotten hot and looked really good. He's had stretches where he's gotten cold and looked really not good. He is currently a 4A player, and there's no guarantee that he breaks that mold now in, you know, in, in his mid-20s. There's no guarantee that he breaks out of that and becomes an everyday starter. Um, you start – like Riley Green is the only like guaranteed for the foreseeable future he is going to be in this outfield. There's a whole different conversation and debate about whether he should be the center fielder or a corner outfielder or not. We're not going to go down that alley right now, but he's been solid defensively this year in center field, and he's been one of the only brights, but well, I don't know. He went through a huge cold stretch for a month. Been one of the only reasons to watch this team this year, and will continue to be that for the foreseeable future. They're not giving up on Riley Green anytime soon. Okay. The rest is brutal. Akil Badu. Really disheartening season, right? Last year, he goes from a Rule 5 pick to a fun story at the beginning of the year to then a sustainable good bat for the remainder of the season comes into this year like sub-500 OPS in the Major League level. Just really brutal. And got a little hot in AAA before he got called back up. It, it just it doesn't seem to matter. His swing is just not what it was last season. It's, it's really disheartening, and, and he's very quickly writing his name out or erasing his name, I guess it would be the correct saying, of future consideration for this outfield. And you, I, I mean, Willie Castro, like, I, I'm sorry, he's not a long-term option for, like, you don't want to exit your rebuild with Willie Castro still playing corner outfield for you every day. Victor Reyes, I maintain the belief, could be a very solid fourth outfielder, Um or, like, if you have a really good offense, I guess you could put him at, at one of the corner outfield spots if the other two are locked down with really, really solid, you know, bats and gloves. Uh, but I, I think he's a high-end fourth outfielder on a competitive baseball team. I don't think you leave a rebuild. Again, I don't think when, when you're coming out of a rebuild and you're making a playoff push and you're trying to, like, get a World Series that you're like, okay, like, we have Victor Reyes now in the outfield. Okay, the rebuild's ending. Like, I don't think that's a conversation anybody has with themselves. And I, I don't mean this to be like this super discouraging or like slam piece on everybody. Um, but we're 30 games under 500. The, the results are, are literally slapping us in the face. This isn't news to anybody, right? And, and just when you go through the roster one by one, it's just a lot of question marks. Because – 
at the same way that I'm talking about, the only reason I'm portraying this as uh, portraying the arguments against bringing these people back, maybe not against bringing them back, but against their long-term status on this team. The only reason I'm highlighting that is because the easy thing to do is to just bring everyone back. And, and that's the presumed thing for a lot of these guys, right? The pre- they're on the team until they're not, until you hit six years of service. And almost all these guys, guys don't have six years of service. That's how the MLB works. So you, it's presumed that they'll, they'll be on the 40-man and they'll be back until the Tigers get rid of them. So I, I could do this the opposite way, and I could start this show over and do, oh, what are the reasons to bring them back? And, and we could have a little more of a of an optimist outlook but we're 30 games under 500 and, and I don't really think it does any good to make arguments for bringing people the back that are are coming back until the Tigers make go out of their way to make sure they don't because again they don't have six years of service none of them are unrestricted free agents they're all just under team control so it, like that's that's I mean that's the right and like the pitching side of things is is vastly different from a production standpoint, but it's not vastly different from a long-term outlook standpoint. You have Casey Mize, who's not going to pitch probably until opening day of 2024, where he'll be like 27 years old and trying to pitch his first like full no innings restricted season. Um, Scooble hopefully we'll be back by the end of next year. Worst case scenario, again, opening day 2024. That's not great. Um, Turnbull will be back next year. He's another year older. And, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll see what he looks like post-Tommy John. Um, uh, and then, like, all the filler guys this year are, are I'm not sure you're, again, I'm, I'm kind of the same conversation as all these guys. I'm not sure you're really like, yeah, you know, we're exiting a rebuild with, with some of these dudes as, third rotation arms <laughs> like drew hutchinson is, is he's provided great innings that's awesome not a long-term option tyler alexander maybe a long-term option out of the pen maybe a long-term option on this roster absolutely i don't think you're leaving a rebuild and trying to be competitive with tyler alexander as your fifth rotation starter there's just all of these dudes are a question mark like literally 85 percent of the roster is a question mark about their long-term status of the team. And that's a totally different place than we were in five months ago. And it's so disheartening, right? Coming into the season, I, I was a part of it. I believed, I believed. And well, I, I have a show planned once we get into the off season where I, I go back and, and I'm not afraid of being wrong about a take. I, I would... Um, I would much rather be wrong and have it benefit the Tigers, A, which that didn't happen this year. Um, but I think it's important that we like normalize people in, in my position, you know, being okay with like, hey, I was really wrong about this and that doesn't make me horrible at my job. So I, I, I have a show plan where we're just going to go over all my preseason and like early season takes and just like what was wrong about a lot of them i'll probably throw myself a bone and give myself some ones i was right about too because <laughs> there are a few of those contrary to some of you but um yeah i, I we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to it in the off season but I, I i just think it's so there are so many question marks and five months ago there, there was just general belief that we were headed in the right direction there weren't a lot of question marks and there was a belief that we were headed in the right direction and 
And there was a lot more confidence. That's really what this all comes down to. There's a lot more confidence in the future. And there seems to be next to none right now. And I don't blame anybody for having that. I don't have very much. Now, that being said, talking about some people uh, that a lot of people have different opinions on (laughs) and their confidence level changes a lot. Jackson Job and Jace Young, both now in West Michigan, um, high single A. In Jackson Job's first start, it was delayed because he slept. He rolled out of bed wrong and his back was sore because he slept funny. It's very much a joke. Haha, that's the Tiger season for sure. Um, but he goes five innings, four hits, one earned run. It was a solo homer through 67 pitches, one walk, three strikeouts. Pretty solid outing. Um, the slider looked really good. He had a really nasty strikeout on the slider. Really nasty. And if he can just hone it in, man, that no matter what your opinion is on taking Job, and most people's is negative, um, A, it's not his fault he was taken third overall. Don't take it out on the on a kid that literally just turned 20. Uh, and and B, and more importantly, I've said this before, he's objectively a unicorn, and he does have an incredible spin rate. And his ceiling is very high, regardless of your position of your opinion on on Marcelo Meyer. So let's just see what we got. He's on the team now. Let's see what we got. And, and there's some really fun stuff to, to be excited for with him. And then as far as Jace Young goes, look, he he started off slow, as as most draftees do. Like we don't have to pretend like, oh, like poor Tigers thing. We don't have to play victim for that. Most most draftees struggle their first like half season uh, because they were playing college hitters a month and a half ago, and now they're playing professionals that can throw in the mid and high 90s. But there's a lot of confidence in that kid. There's a lot uh, to the point where I think next season he starts off in Erie. I I, I really do. He, he's already got his OPS back up to 700. Last time we did a minor league update, uh, was very low, and he's been on. He's been hitting really well lately. His first uh, professional homer the other day. His swing looks really good. He's athletic. He's been playing strictly second base. Makes sense. I think that's where his position is in the future. And I think the Tigers are going to do everything in their power to get him to the majors, playing productive ball as quickly as possible. I don't think they're going to damage him. Well, at least I hope they don't damage him by rushing him. But I think they took a college bat that high because they want him in the majors as soon as possible. And it would not surprise me if the second Jonathan scope was off this team, Jace young was right there. Um, Unless you move hobby to second, then you have a whole different conversation we have to talk about. But for the time being, I think they're going to fast track him as, as as much as they're comfortable doing. So Um, I think Lynn Henning wrote an article for the Detroit news and again, I don't need to re-give my spiel on everybody's opinion of Lynn Henning. Whatever. That's your subjective opinion. But based on conversations he he's had with people in the organization uh, and coaching staff, the coaching staff in West Michigan just has an unbelievable faith and confidence in Jace Young. And that's awesome. Everybody says he, he's such a professional hitter. He wrote an article. You can go read it, like I said, at the Detroit News. Uh, uh, Lynn Henning wrote. So uh, you can get all the exact quotes f- from that piece. But it, it's they are talking very highly of him, and he has really started hitting well, at least a lot better. You know, he's not 1,100 OPSing, anything like that. Like I said, he just got his OPS almost to 700 at the time of this recording. But 
a lot of confidence in that kid. And and I think in a in an offseason where there will be a lot of turnover across the board at a lot of different levels um, and a lot of different facets, we do still have some constants on this team and even in the farm system that uh, we have to look forward to for the coming years. So, okay. I think that's everything I wanted to say. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. Free and available wherever you get your podcast. Now make your second listen, the Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and his unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Call the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. That's it for me. Uh, I didn't plan to go over 30, which I never do, but I apparently love talking. So here we are. Uh, back at it tomorrow. Mariners uh, coming in. Matt Boyd. It's sounding like Matt Boyd is maybe going to season debut against the Tigers this week. It's going to bring a tear to my eye. That's the dog forever. As much frustration and, and everything that his Tigers career was, and as much as I'm a whole strong believer that that he should have been traded in 2019 he might be one of the best human beings to ever wear an old english d and uh yeah love that dude forever so we'll uh we'll see that'll be an emotional one for me if uh if he if maddie b does in fact make his debut this week but mariners are a fun team chances to play spoilers a little bit maybe uh throw a wrench in some wild card races let's see what we got still got a month left still got some storylines to watch out for Hopefully the offense can stay hot. Please just win games. Peace and love. Going to therapy is dope. Catch you all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.